When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Happy Mailbag Day, everybody. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast. I'm Lindsay. Saul's a big lame, and that's Espo. <laughs> and we're going to have some fun today. Why don't you want to sing with us, Saul? I don't know that song. Mike. <laughs> How do you not know that song? It's literally the easiest song outside of like the happy birthday song Did, ever in existence. Whose Clues was after? me yeah but, but what about i literally just sang it in front of you and it's three oh, my kids lo- were like, like three words into like watching movies like get rich or die trying man. There, don't, there's no blues clues. no chance your two-year-old was watching get rich or die trying ask alex what movie he saw when he was five <laughs> <laughs> explain so much yeah yeah <laughs> oh my goodness gracious well we are going to answer a bunch of y'all's questions today if you do have an additional question you'd like us to answer put it in the chat and we'll try and get to that as well but we asked the diehards in the discord and we opened it up to twitter as well and we have quite a few questions to get to today so would you guys like to just dive right in sure <laughs> they called you old in the chat so well, they also said i was already over it and i am embarrassed to be here this is all true all is it? you're old over it and embarrassed of us yeah first of all i'm not even close to 50 so let's just <laughs> pipe down there hold on like hello and embarrassed by us i mean that's every day though we, i mean I each think one that of us is embarrassed i to feel be like here. It, we rotate pretty often <laughs> as far as who is being embarrassed and who is doing the embarrassing thing right True. Are you okay. the embarrasser or the embarrassee? Yes. Today you're embarrassed and that's okay. <laughs> but tomorrow I will likely be embarrassed. It's mailbag time. Uh, we'll start with this one from Ironhide. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Monday, damn it. <laughs> Ironhide said, I know this will depend on matchups and whatnot, but who do you think will get the fifth starter spot? And what's your own personal five off the bench? Ooh. All right. Coming out hot. Uh, I will say uh, I think the fifth starter is going to end up being KBD. Okay. Um, I think the the five off the bench, in no particular order, obviously Eric Gordon, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Josh Hoagie. Uh, then you have uh, Drew Eubanks, and then you will have Yuta. And I'm going to throw in a curveball and just say uh, Bull Bull is going to find himself in the rotation uh, as a four. Okay. Aspo? I I said it yesterday. I think Josh Akogi starts the season as the five or mm-hmm. as the fifth starter. I don't know that he finishes it, and I still think Eric Gordon finishes games with the with the the four main pieces. But for me, the bench is Jordan Goodwin, Eric Gordon, uh Yuta, Drew Eubanks at center. I'm forgetting uh, and then KBD would be in there because I left him. <laughs> I was out of really the, hoping you were going to leave out KBD. Line. I'm no. like, damn, yeah. he went from the starting rotation of mine <laughs> no. to not even on the. No, uh, I 
I think that that's the way it'll net out at some point is is they'll go that way with Akogi in the starting lineup. I'm with you. I still think Josh Akogi starts as the fifth starter for this season. I think KBD, there's a high possibility he wins it out. Um, and then when that happens, I don't think – does it make sense? Because we've talked about this before, Jordan Goodwin and Josh Akogi coming off the bench together. Does that make sense? Or do you have to kind of rotate that based on one of those two who's having the better stretch at that point? Well, at that point, are you going to uh, – KBD is a little bit bigger than Josh Akogi, if, if I'm remembering. He's a lot correctly. bigger. So, so that's the other part of this to me is the bench makes more sense – with KBD as a as a three in it, because if if Josh Akogi moves to the bench, I don't think they want to not have Jordan Goodwin in that bench rotation. Eric Gordon's going to be there. You can't play Josh Akogi at the three. What about Damian Lee? Does Damian Lee get any? He's not. Any a, he's a two though. Run here? Like I get positionless basketball, but you still need size at at some point and. I think you give up a lot of size if you if you have some combination of of Josh Akogi, Eric Gordon, uh, and, you know Jordan Goodwin, a Damian Lee. Like it's a I, lot of ones and twos. At I, I still I still want to see more from Jordan Goodwin first mm-hmm. before I start putting him in even in that second group of five. I know a lot of people like him, um, and he played. You know he was decent in that the one game in summer league where he was able to play. Um, he's actually very good, but uh, I still I want to see it in the season. I, I need to see that before I'm like, okay, yeah, he's for sure going to be the backup. Um, it was just there's still a lot left to decide, so I'm just going with the things that I think uh, are kind of unknown to yeah. a certain degree. Can Can I address something? It's zone in Arizona says Javale McGee will be the starting five. Look, I get that Javale was just waved and stretched by Dallas. JaVale McGee is not coming back here. You have your starting center, you have your backup center, and I don't give a shit about vibes. Let me make that very clear. I don't care if you're a good locker room guy that dances and has fun. JaVale McGee's not that guy. Can we just stop with that already? I mean, I care about vibes. Not his vibes. I don't care about those vibes. I think it was way overrated in that 64-win season. why are you so hyped up about that? Because th- Twitter's like, well, you got to go after JaVale McGee. And I'm like, why? Why do you got to go after JaVale <laughs> McGee? You have your roster set. Like, am, I'm, I'm not cutting Anish Wainwright. I'm not cutting a bowl bowl to go get JaVale McGee. I want to see what those guys can do. And I don't think JaVale McGee adds all that much. There's a reason Dallas is waving and stretching him for freaking Markeith Morris. I agree with you that we don't have any business going after JaVale McGee at this point. Um, but I do also see on the flip side how people like attach themselves to players and they just want them to come back and hang out. Nobody rides it. a fence like <laughs> Lindsey Smith. Well, because I fully understand both sides. I don't think that we should go after JaVale. I enjoyed JaVale when he was here, though. Had a great time. It was Hello. a blast watching them all dance and do goofy shit before they started yeah, but, games. But all I the loved guys, it. but all the guys that were dancing in those videos are gone. I mean, <laughs> Da is still here. Yeah, but Da ain't even vibing with that. Not right now. He's he's out to prove the world wrong. This is facts. I love um, Hello. Uh, excuse me, but uh, his per thirty six. <laughs> uh, Will Capitan said his bench or their bench would be Gordon, Lee, Akogi, Yuta, and Eubanks. And then Mark in the chat said, 
is Tumani getting minutes. Tumani Kamara, probably not a ton, if I had to take a guess. It would probably be more when we have garbage time minutes available in blowouts. We'd probably see that more often than not. Um, I don't anticipate seeing he might blow us away and come out of the gates having worked on a ton of stuff. He is an older rookie, but I don't anticipate Tumani Kamara being a game changer for the team this year. No, I don't think so either. I, I would say that Tumani is probably, listen, his only shot is that, first of all, he's impressive in training camp to afford some of those minutes early on, and he starts to develop his game and be um, a, an obvious asset to what they're trying to do. You've got to overcome some people on that roster in order to get a spot. Who are you going to overcome? Is it going to be KBD? Is it going to be, you know, uh, Shemezi Metu? Is it going to be, you know, uh, you know, another three or four that you're trying to overcome? Like, who is that guy going to be? Um, so, again, I, I would say this. He has as good a shot to make an impression and, and, and do and get some minutes as anybody in that second five um, and even the third five. But it's a, quite a bit of an uphill battle because if I, if I could point to any one thing, the outside shooting is going to have to be consistent for him to see the floor um, in this offense because you've got a lot of guys that can score at various different levels. And one of the, the weaknesses of this team in the past was their lack of outside shooting. And if you have another guy that's just basically a, a board crasher, a slasher, um, and, and doesn't really do anything else too great, then he becomes a detriment to a certain degree. So um, if, if he can show that he can hit the outside shot, which I know he's working on, he's been working on it feverishly, um, then maybe he'll find some minutes. I think it would take a KBD injury for for you to turn to Tumani Kamara at some point and and get him in that in that bench rotation uh, potentially. Even in your, your situation where he starts, KBD got hurt. You'd move Josh Kogi up, and then there'd be be that bench uh, opening. I think that's where. Tumani would get get an opportunity. It would be probably him or or Chemezi at that point. And I I believe more that Tumani fits what uh, what they're trying to accomplish uh, more. But you're right. It's going to come down to can he hit that three on a consistent basis. If he can't, you know, you're going to be in, you're going to be tied to the bench. Yep. All right. Bumbling for KD said, aside from the Nuggets, who would be the toughest matchup in a playoff series in the West? For Bumbling for KD, it's the Warriors. They want no part of facing Steph Curry. I, well, I would go with who, where are your weakest spots? And I think right now, because of the inconsistency of DEA, your weakest spot would be in the front court. And for that reason alone, I would go with the Lakers. Um, if we're not talking about the Nuggets, then I definitely would be going to the Lakers because AD, when healthy, is one of the best players in the NBA, and he can give you all types of problems. Um, he did so against the Suns in that in that series in 2021 until he took a misstep and you know uh, pulled his groin, and that was that was it for him. So, but he you know in game two he dropped well, I think it was like 36 or 37 against him. Like he's he's a very very good pr- player, and he he will give you a lot of fits. And I'm going to suspect that the Lakers are going to be more focused at building uh, their future around him as opposed to LeBron just because of age. So well, and they, I would say the Lakers would be the, the the more difficult of those. Yeah, and they just signed the extension. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. For me, it's it's either one of the L.A. teams, but I think I, if healthy, and I lean a little bit more towards the Clippers 
because we've seen that group does not mind mucking it up and getting physical and trying to knock guys off their game. And if PG and Kawhi are healthy and they lock in, there's not a better defensive duo that I think you're going to face in the West, which, granted, you're not going to be able to take away all three guys, but if you make it tough for Book and KD out there on the court at times, that leaves it to Bradley Beal and DeAndre Ayton, and your chances to win uh, are a lot better than I think some of these Western Conference teams who aren't going to have the defensive abilities that I think a healthy Clippers team has there. And then, honestly, the Pelicans, if Zion's healthy, so they scare much me too. So dependent on health, though, with yeah. both of those but that's, teams. That's the whole teams. West, I, mean, yeah. I think. But, that's, but, that's, but it, the crazy part about that is, though, is that um, I think it was, and you, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Anthony Davis has missed less time, even though we make fun of him all the time for being always injured. Mm-hmm. He's missed less time than both um, than both Kawhi and Paul George. Like, and so for I as much that. as so as much yeah. as we criticize AD for never being healthy, those two are even worse. No. Um, they're never on the court, and hell, even when they look like they're healthy. Some random fluke injury takes him out, and like that's what happened with Kawhi last year. Like, still can't even see where the hell he got injured. But next thing you know, he's out for the series. So, and PG is always like, and even when PG's there, um, you just know that if we had to face him in the playoffs, um, he wouldn't show up because he never fucking does. Well, look, look across, look across the West. Lakers injuries, Clippers injuries, Denver up until last year injuries. Dallas with Kyrie and Luka to extend injuries. Uh, New the Orleans Suns. injury. You the can't Suns. even count us out of that like, one either. I mean, the entire Western Conference hinges on the medical staffs as much as it does the play on the court as well. So that's that's what makes this tough to predict in the West is one injury to any of these teams that have had multiple injuries over the last few years will change the entire balance of power in the Western Conference. Yeah. Jose, I hope your dog is yeah. better. That's sad. Sending you Sorry all the love all. and good vibes. Uh, I do. I will still agree with Bumlin for KD. Um, the Warriors are in the conversation mm-hmm. as far as that because I just don't think that you can always count the Warriors out. No. I'm still very curious about the whole Chris Paul situation and how that shapes up. I mean, we did see Chris Paul talking about how they still haven't had any conversations about what that's going to look like. We got to wait till training camp, all that stuff. I don't know if that's true or if it's him just playing politics like he does. It's going to be interesting though. I don't want to read the tea leaves, but (laughs) however, um, I'm sorry, Steph Curry coming out and saying that he's the best point guard of all time. And I saw the clip and I saw that I actually watched the whole episode yesterday. It was fantastic. If you haven't had a chance, you should go check out Gil's Arena and Steph Curry. And it was just awesome. But, uh, you know, like it was basically either him or magic is what the discussion was. Um, but like you literally have, you know, a guy on your own team uh, that uh, is a point guard and he's That's a legendary a point guard. guard. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, that's something I don't think Chris Paul's going down and losing his starting nod without a fight. And I don't know if the Warriors are really going to be like, yeah, we'll give Chris what he wants. Cause I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. I really don't. 
It'll I just be don't understand that whole thing at all. That's for sure. Good. Let it, I want the chaos. I want the Chris Paul curse, whatever As the case may be. As if they didn't have enough chaos and drama that, on their team last year. Take it all. Because the more that that's happening with a potential Western Conference contender, the better for the Suns. I'm all for it. Do you guys not think he just wants to do anything to win a ring at this point, though? Who? Chris no. Paul? Um, I think I, it's a I think it's a 50-50 split. I think he's conflicted internally about it. Because while, yes, winning a ring is so important, if he takes a back seat in that capacity and wins a ring, is that also a stain on your resume in and of itself? Yeah. Will people do the exact same thing to him that they've done to Kevin Durant? Well, you only reason you won a ring is because you went to the Warriors and teamed up with Steph Curry. You couldn't do it on your own, blah, 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 yeah, blah. Go, yeah. go be on the bench. Win sixth man of the year. Win a title. Everybody's like, Chris Paul's so selfless. They're not going to say did that, that. No, no, I think they will because he, he took not a step back. That. It's Chris Paul. Chris They're Paul's, not going to say that about Chris Paul, Chris even Paul's if they should. Chris Paul's kids are getting bullied right now because of he can't win a ring. I don't think they would say anything nice about They're him. They're not going to be nice to him just because it, it is like it's Chris Paul. They're not going to be nice. A couple things. We're going to talk about the Steph Curry point guard stuff tomorrow, but we're not going to cover it today. Thursday. Uh, I'm sorry, Thursday. So we're not going to talk about it today, but we will get to it this week. And Blaze, I agree with you. Um, And then, yeah, uh, Chris Paul takes a back seat to no one. I'm sorry. Uh, If it's... He's going to have to start and he's going to have to be effective. And more importantly, he's going to have to stay healthy in the playoffs for people to stop talking about him in the playoffs and choking. Like, if he's going to win a ring then that the, all those things are going to have to fall in line. But I just don't see the Warriors. To me, I, I know Steph. I know Clay, Like, I know Draymond in, the, in the, the aura of the Warriors. But I do feel like they're on the back hill slide of this. And I feel like their last championship against the Celtics was probably it unless they add a significant piece uh, moving forward. And Chris Paul was not that significant piece. All right. An abnormal Suns fan said... In y'all's opinion, will Devin Booker be in the MVP conversation this season? And do you think KD will be there too? 100%. I think. Mean, surprised if neither of them were. 100%. Devin Booker will be in the conversation. We saw what he did in the playoffs last year, and he has 37 opportunities to play in front of the national audience this year. So. East Coast bias, yada, yada. They're going to be front and center with the whole NBA. If he plays the way we know he can, and this team plays to the level that we think they can, Devin Booker will be in that top five MVP conversation again, just like a few years ago. And I think this time he's going to be right up there towards the top of it, not just sneaking into the conversation late in the season. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Devin Booker will be there in the conversation to begin the season um, and he'll stay there. I think I, I very much think that he has a a legitimate chance this year to, because first of all, he's going to be the face of this franchise. It's going to be the face of, of everything moving forward. I know Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, but Book is book, and book here in Phoenix is what it's all about, and he's the leader of that team, uh, no matter which way you slice it. And so I definitely think that Devin Booker will be in the MVP conversation. He's the key for him because it's always the key for superstars. Is you got to play big when you're playing against the big time mm-hmm. um, players on national TV in those prime time games. Like playing on national TV is cute and all, but when you're playing on national TV against the Warriors, against the Bucks against those teams and you show out 
That's what sets you, uh, sets you apart from everybody else. Playing a national TV against the Mavericks, it's like, ah, okay, whatever. But it's those primetime games against those, the best of the best that you really got to show out. And if he does that, he's going to be right there at the end. Two other games, I think, that if they make it to that semifinal and final in the midseason tournament and he dominates, those will be touch points that people will remember as well. So I think... He's going to have multiple opportunities to have those moments this year where a few years ago they on the national stage they weren't there as much. He's the real deal this year. We've seen him evolve every step of the way, and I think this will be the finest moment of his career here. This might me just being a negative Nancy right here, yeah. wow. um, right. but I'm concerned that the exact same narrative that happened – uh, the year the Suns went to the finals, or was it the 60? It was actually probably both season. Um, the finals year was when they split I know. consideration. Was right? that most of it, the finals yeah. year? That was the biggest one? Yeah. That it was split 50-50 on who deserved more credit, Chris Paul or Devin Booker. I'm concerned there will be a conversation around that again this year. I don't think it'll be nearly as bad unless Kevin Durant is like... If he balls out, he balls it's going to be yeah, just as a, bad. A million percent. And if he balls out, then KD is going to be right there in the conversation too. Yeah. But the difference being, um, there's going to be a lot of times this year where you're going to see Point Book. And Point Book is going to be able to display how versatile he is and how important he is to that team. So not only will he drop 30 but he might have 10 or 15 assists to go along with it and seven or eight rebounds to go along with it. And if yeah. he does that consistently, Kevin Durant can drop 35 a game, but if he's not near triple-double territory the entire season, then that's, that's I think, where they're going to go. Listen, both of them have just as equal a shot as the other to win an MVP this year for sure because you expect the Suns to be one of the best teams in the league. But it's, man, it's going to be, again, if he steps up and does the things that, we expect him to. He's going to be right there. Well, and I think the you bring up his distributing. I think the assists are going to be a big part of it because there, people are going to see him handling the ball a lot more like they did in the playoffs where a few years ago they didn't see that. That was Chris Paul that was doing it in the 64-win season. That's where I think Devin could impress people where he hasn't before is how he distributes to a KD and a Bradley Beal makes their lives easier while still scoring at a high clip. I also think that I think Devin Booker has a great opportunity for the casuals, let's just say, um, to finally get on board with him because Devin Booker is not the Devin Booker from 2016, 17, 18, whatever. Like Devin Booker plays defense. Devin Booker is a great facilitator. Devin Booker can score and is as efficient as any any player in the league that's not a center. Like you and, and casual people will take a look and they're just like, oh, he all he does is score. And they don't realize how many things Devin Booker does. They also don't understand the growth that Devin Booker has had throughout his career here at Phoenix. So they also don't want to admit that they were wrong. Yeah. That so that, too. that's what I'm yeah. saying is that like, no, we've been talking about this for a while now, though. No matter how much Devin adds to his game or grows or gets better in every facet of it, nobody wants to give him the credit where credit is due half the time because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. They're going to have to. Do they're going to they? have to. Yeah, they're going to they? have to. Or do they, can you, they double listen, down like they have already? Listen, Devin Booker does not, if he wants an MVP and he really feels like he's right there, he's going to have to have that Mamba mentality and go fucking take it and not just 
play good enough with everybody else and hope that he gets the nod. No, he's got to show out like for sure. Like, oh, that's the dude. There is no question. That's the dude. And most MVPs outside of last year, most MVPs pretty much show you like there's there's nobody else really close. You know what I mean? Last year was was uh, a little bit different just because Embiid and Jokic, you can make an argument for either one of those two. And there's usually one or two, sure, but Devin Booker can't be one of like eight dudes in the conversation because he will not get it. No, he won't. But if he's one of two or three, then he's got a chance. Maybe if he's one of two, I'll give him that. But I think if he's not in the top one and two, I don't know that they're going to. I don't know. I, I think. No offense, Lindsay, I, I but you're wrong have, because that's two fine. years ago we saw. I him, hope that's the case. We saw him go from not even in the conversation to moving all the way up to fourth with just what he did in the second half of a season. I don't think people are going to sit there and spite vote against him. What I do think could happen is if he and KD ha- both have very good seasons, those people that have been less inclined to give Devin Booker credit, vote for Kevin Durant, uh, and that splits the vote like you were talking about. But funny enough, BetMGM has Kevin Durant at a plus 1,200 for MVP. Devin Booker is a plus 1,800. So they look at Kevin Durant uh, odds-wise as the the more likely to be favored yeah, for that's an MVP. So, but but look, I think that's I think they're trying to get the casuals money there. Because Kevin Durant is a very recognizable name that people think, oh, yeah, KD could be MVP. Mm-hmm. Where in most general fans' minds that maybe are placing wagers right now, Devin Booker isn't that guy. But that's why you get in now uh, at plus 1800 because then you get a better payout when uh, later in the year if it happens. Because as as people start to notice him this number gets smaller it's a plus right. you know 600 at some point and and you lose the opportunity to make some money there how would i make some money on that though what i don't sorry, think sorry i was trying to lead you into oh i was like what what are you doing? I, I was trying to i was trying to throw the alley to you i you didn't just i just watched it <laughs> you just watched it go out of bounds. i was just watching sorry <laughs> <laughs> you can make some money on that by putting a bet down on the bet mgm sportsbook app if you haven't signed up for the bet mgm sportsbook app now is a great time to do so so you can get those really great odds make sure though that you are signing up with that bonus code P-H-N-X. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. Can I give the people some advice about BetMGM? Yes. If you're wagering on something, make sure Johnny's not wagering it on as well because he will turn your bet into (laughs) black licorice. Kiss of death. It is the worst. He bet on the Ravens last night and they lost after winning 24 straight preseason games. and all, All Johnny's fault. There you go. Don't take johnny's bets uh you can check out the show note for full details and now you can listen to shane talk about the disclaimer Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-522-4700, Nevada. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Kansas, Nevada, New York, or Ontario. 
Oh my god, you guys. Some of your comments are hilarious. That's fantastic. Um, I'm really glad that I have an inner circle like you guys that we can all have fun, poking fun at each other. If you want to expand your inner circle, I recommend adding Circle K to that inner circle. All you have to do is join their inner circle. It's free, by the way, by downloading the Circle K app today. What do what are the benefits of Circle oh, K's inner circle? So you ask. Well, it's free, like I mentioned, and you save twenty five cents per gallon on your first five fill ups. That's a big one, of course. And then you get every six three on selection of Circle K products like pizza, coffee, ice cold fountain drinks. The terms and conditions do apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. But again, make sure you download that app for free today and sign up to join Circle K's inner circle. The circle of trust. I, I feel like it's better perks than we get for being in Lindsay's inner circle. So. It's definitely better perks <laughs> than being in my inner circle. I get crap from I you for think, being in inner circle. I don't think mine ever you know claimed you, to come with perks. You know what you get for being in Lindsay's inner circle? Uh, Text unresponded to. Yeah. Uh, that, that's hey. one of the biggest problems. Endless grief. Yeah. Uh, that as well. I respond to certain things. You get left on red. Sometimes. I don't have red receipts on though, so that way I could definitely be like, oh, I never saw it. I'm sorry. And I definitely saw it. It's my toxic trait. Anyway, moving on. We got this question from Benjamin. They said, which Ring of Honor member would help this current Suns team the most? Ooh, uh, I'm going to go with the easy out, and I'm going to say, ooh, it's a, not an easy out. I, I want to go Steve Nash because he's a sensible choice because this team doesn't have a point guard, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go with Charles Barkley. Okay. Because we could use a four. That was solid. Um, you can move KD to the three, and um, he would give you that edge and that grit uh, and that I'm not taking your shit kind of uh, mode. And I love it. And okay. I think that would be great for this team. Look, if I were to stretch it, maybe he's not technically in, but he's going in. Sean Marion's an intriguing one because he very much fits today's NBA. But for me, I think it would be Paul Westfall because there was not a more heady player than Westfall that understood things. I feel like he also helps fill that point guard uh that point guard hole that you feel like in especially in that second unit so uh i would i think i'd lean towards paul westfall for multiple reasons including his specific leadership that i think you lost a little bit with uh with chris paul going away so i was really mad because I'm shane so is producing our show today and he just got a delivery um of a delightful thai tea with boba i'm so uh, super jealous boba super is jealous. so overrated I uh, so too. overrated. So there's a lot of options that I think I don't think there's many wrong answers here, but I decided to go with Dan Marley. Um I just could you There's imagine? a wrong answer. <laughs> Sorry. What? Go ahead. You don't Explain. like Dan Marley? Oh uh, no. Why? I, I, don't, I don't think he'd be a terrible fit for this team. I think it would be fun though. Why? I think it would be a blast. The amount of shooting, because I do think Obviously, at his point in time, he finished his career 35.8% from three. But I think in this day and age, it could be maybe a little bit higher. Granted, you'd be even more of the conversation of like, well, there's only one ball. But we talk about that fifth starter just camping out in the corner, knocking down open threes. 
If Dan Marley is your fifth guy. Yeah, but Dan Marley wasn't really a corner three-point shooter. But I think he could have been in this day and age. He was more like from the hash mark. I still think it could work. I don't know. I think it would be fun to see. And I think I like Dan Marley. The The whole idea of naming the Hustle Award after Dan Marley. He had a little bit of that grit and edge to him. I think it would be fun. I feel like we would have a blast watching that squad. I love that Lindsay just picked one of the two weakest members of the Ring of Honor. <laughs> you guys are such haters. I still me, think you're going to tell me fun. Tom Chambers is the next guy you'd add to if, the no. roster. If, if you knew, if you could make sure that he would be okay in the role of just being a shooter, I don't hate that at all. Because that's almost too many cooks at this point if you add a guy that is so ball dominant. I think it would be a blast. And I'm not talking about figuring out the personalities of all these guys because you could also ask, is Charles Barkley going to fit on this team personality-wise? Is that oh, way uh, too many cooks in the I kitchen then? I didn't say Charles Barkley, so don't look, don't look this direction. I'm just saying I, I feel like that one could be a little bit questionable from a personality situation. Triple B has a has an interesting choice in Walter Davis. I mean, he definitely fit with the guys that hit a lot of mid-range jumpers. That was Walter Davis's game, but he was he was a walking bucket. He was very smooth in what he did. That that's interesting. He says he'd take him over Dan. But I can see where you're coming from. It's a a three-point game and a 3 and D game and that was what Dan was known for. And um also I don't think Sean Marion and Amari Stoudemire count yet officially. I agree. I don't. I think you have to wait until they're officially in in order to be able to choose them for this question. So I feel like those two are off the table for everyone picking them. Listen, we're not picking on Lynn's okay Half Life heroes. We're not picking on her. We're just saying that her choice was bad. That's. I mean, I'm picking on her. Listen, she says our choices are terrible all the time. She has every right to be wrong. No, No. you can't. That's the rule. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I thought we knew this. (laughs) I thought you understood. That was the rule. Today is just my day, you guys. It's okay. We rotate. So tomorrow it might be Saul or it might be Espo. You never know. but we usually rotate anyway next question from my name is fat mike said eric gordon has been balling out with clutch time shots for bahamas with vogel's defensive mindset do you think gordon beats um beats out one of the bigger guys for that fifth spot closing out games in the clutch well espo's already been on record saying yes yes that he thinks he'll be down the stretch um i think it's just going to depend on on how how he's doing in that game. It's definitely going to be case by case. I don't think you're going to see a situation where they just lock in and have Eric Gordon as guaranteed one of their five in the last five minutes of the game. I don't think it's going to be like that because if he's not hot or if he's not really grooving, they're not going to put him in. They'll probably opt more for a defensive um, guy uh, just to help out with KD, uh, Beal, and Book. So um, you don't really need more offense out there. You need defense. And so I think um, it, It's going to be case by case, in my opinion. I agree. I mean, I don't think that you could say for certain yes or no on this, just because, like you said, it's dependent on what's going on at that moment. But I would just prefer to not have a whole bunch of uh, late close games like this. That would be the best answer there is if we didn't have a whole bunch of those. (laughs) Blaze Megatron doesn't annoy anyone else that the perfect fifth starter for this team is still Mikael Bridges. Bro, yeah. It would be perfect. We would all love to have Mikael Bridges back and be the fifth starter, but <laughs> how about, dreaming is free. How about Charles Coulter? This pod is giving me toughening up little sis vibes. 
Um, I will say I didn't realize like how much um, Big Brother vibes I was going to get from the three of you on this show. But I go back and I watch some of our clips where y'all are just like picking on me and being so bratty. And I'm are like, we... damn, is this what it is like growing up with Big Brothers? What? Because if that's the case, thank God I missed that. Isn't boat. Gerald younger I'm than you? Can he be your you Big Brother? <laughs> also, like the amount of times like you absolutely just like... Yeah, Jump because on I, our got head. To. I got to. I got to. I'm like, fighting for my life over here. Oh, <laughs> what? Stop it. Oh, my. Is she really okay. trying to like, be a victim over here? Just like, you know how many times Gerald and her have been like, no, you guys are wrong. No, yeah, no, yeah, wrong, yeah, wrong. Yeah, exactly. And then like fight to the death over it. And we just like give up and we're all like scared and over here in our corners. No, no, no. We're not flipping this script. <laughs> not today. Just like Han Solo, Lindsay shoots first. All right. All the time. All the no. time. All the time. One thousand. That's not even true. 1, These guys, everybody in the chat trying to be like, oh, poor Lindsay. No, 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 no. She does this to us all the time. That's not true. You know how many all. times I said cheese sucks and you're like, you are, you have horrible food Hello. taste. Hello's got my back. Lindsay throws Aspo under the bus three times a yes. week. That's not true at all. Oh, you're really going to. I got to get Mark to prove it. No, that's not true at all. If anything, it's like once every other two weeks. <laughs> every other two weeks. Oh my gosh. Half-Life Hero said I take back everything I said to defend you. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Lindsay bully she me. does bully hello even in the chat he's not even here she's always going after him to be fair hello you do push it out every once in a while you, you do we give you a lot of leeway anyway uh <laughs> Back to Sun's mailbag questions. It's not her, it's you. Uh, Psycho Blue said, now that we've seen DA's work in practice this summer, how much of what we saw in the Olympic qualifiers do you expect to carry over into the season? Same question for EG. Uh, I would say a little bit, um, just in terms of like kind of maybe regaining some of that confidence that he had. Um, I think he lost a little bit of that. I think at the end of the last year, uh, with the Nuggets series and how, you know, the the questioning of his effort, him standing out of bounds, him not playing in game six. Like, I think that took a, a toll on him. And I think uh, mm -hmm. he obviously he saw what everybody has been saying. Uh, the fact that he keeps saying everybody hates him. Um, so he feels some type of way. And I think he needed to go home and be in that situation. I think that first of all, I think the Bahamas coming when it came could not have come at a better time for him mm -hmm. because I think he needed, he needed to do some soul searching. Mm -hmm. I think he needed to find himself a little bit and going back home to, to his country where he feels comfortable um, is around people in the Bahamian culture that is very loving and embracing. Um, I think he needed that. I, it, to, for lack of a better word, he needed some home cooking. He got some of that. He played well in, in, in their international play. Um, so I, I think, you know, Hey, I, I hopefully that carries over here. I think it will to a certain degree, but it, listen, these things only last a, a, a bit of time. And if you don't see change within the organization you're in, you'll go right back to being disgruntled if you were disgruntled before. So it's completely up to Vogel and company to, to kind of change the culture of, of whatever was was rough for DA a year ago. And I, I do believe from a coaching perspective I think DA will be in a better place because I think he has people that will not not feel like, well, you're not my guy, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna treat you the way I want to treat everybody else that is my guy, right? I think 
I think there was a little bit of Monty with that. Like Monty felt like if you were not one of his guys, then he wasn't going to treat you as great as he did the other guys, right? Mm -hmm. And I think he yelled it against certain players. Well, I don't think you're going to run into that this year. It's going to be completely on effort and how you perform. And hopefully DA can do that and, and, and be happy. Okay, so we've already gotten into the larger conversation here. So we have another question that I'm going to add to this conversation. Uh, this one is from My Name is Fat Mike. He said, nobody really said anything about it, but in one of the FIBA interviews with the Bahamas, DA said something along the lines of, we, we support each other, we call each other out, but we do it the right way, the respectful way. And that seemed like it was maybe a shot at CP3 bu uh, book, et cetera, and the culture of the previous Suns regime. Do you think that this is what he was implying? And do you think Vogel might change that culture so DA feels more supported when there's changes that need to happen on the fly? hundred uh, percent. So, yes. I don't think there's any doubt that the culture that was bred there, uh, like Saul said, it was Monty was a coach's or a player's coach. If you were his player, yep. yes. if you were not in that inner circle, you were out in the cold. And I think D.A. was one of those guys that was out in the cold and never got the kind of attention uh, and and praise that I think he, he thrives on. But one thing, you know, to the to the first question that I think D.A. brings into the season is the chip on his shoulder. We saw that every step of the way in this when he was talking to the media on social media, talking about, you know, I get that none of you mm -hmm. believe in me. He said it the other day after they won everything. He goes back to that, and I think he's going to use that as fuel this season. I think he's going to use the way Monty treated him and the the distinct difference in the way Vogel treats him as fuel that you didn't believe in me. I'm going to prove this now, and I think that's what I'm most excited about is we talk about about him sometimes being unmotivated. Well, one of the best ways to internally motivate yourself is to use that feeling of people not believing in you or the perception of hate and turning that into motivation to go out there and prove people wrong. And I think that's what he's going to do this year. Yeah, you know, I think one of the other things about about DA and Monty and and that all that stuff. I don't I don't know about book. Uh, I know book. <clears throat> it's tough to talk about book because. Because of it felt like it was us versus them kind of divide in that team, uh, Monty's guys versus non Monty's guys. Right. And, and so it's kind of hard to like say if book, you know, approached him this way or that way. I know book got on him several times in games, but that that happens everywhere. Like, I'm not yeah. worried about that part. I'm more worried about like behind the scenes. Does does book ever talk to him? Do they ever talk to each other? Um, and I just have this feeling like, like book is always going to be that guy. That's like, I don't give a fuck about the talk. I want to see it on the court. Right. And I don't know how he handles that off the court. So I'm not even going to talk about it because it's not worth talking about. But Chris Paul, I would say Chris Paul probably just reaffirmed a lot of the things that were going on with money. Um, and because again, he was money's guy. And they had a lot of trust and they had a lot of similarities behind, between them. If you see the common theme between Chris Paul and all the other organizations he's been a part of is that he always wears out his welcome. What happened with Monty when he was in New Orleans? He kind of wore out his welcome. Same thing. Got over here. Kind of wore out his welcome. Like it, there's a re repetition going on here with these two individuals. And you can look at that. And I don't think at the time we realized it, but maybe you could say that it was it was kind of a, a cancerous situation. And those two can have cancerous type tendencies. 
And I think that they both need to learn and grow from that. Chris Paul's come to the end of his career, so it doesn't matter. But I think in the terms of DA, he has an opportunity here because it's not going to be us versus them. It's going to be whatever you establish is what it is, is what it's going to be. If you come in and you don't put in work and you don't grind and you don't do the things that Book is doing, KD's doing, Bradley Beal's doing, you're going to get exposed. But if you do, they're going to embrace you and love you harder than you've ever been loved before. And that's what DA hopefully has learned over the course of this offseason is that you, there is no middle ground here. Not with these dudes. There is no middle ground. You have to be all in or get the fuck out. There is nothing in the middle. And you know what I think Book, if if he says anything, should be you talked about us being Kobe and Shaq 2.0. I've done my best to try to reach that Kobe level. It's your turn. Go out there. Like, and... Just lay it at his feet. Make it very simple. It's your turn. It's on you. Go out there and prove it. That's I don't all. even know that Devin has to say anything or have any of those type of conversations no. with DA. And you I don't know that to. they should either. I no. mean, if anything, like at this point, Book and DA have had the conversations that mm. they're going to have had throughout the time together. Let Frank Vogel be the guy who helps mm. DA along and brings him in and creates that relationship let KD be that guy. I mean, we were already hearing within the first couple weeks of KD being on the Suns that he had a huge affinity for DA. He loved DA. Let those two guys be the one that kind of take over helping DA out, DA out and bringing him up even more oh, and I getting think- the best out of him. Like, completely remove Book from the situation unless there's something but- there within the relationship that's already established. But as far as like throwing out, trying something different or changing up the way that they're talked about or talked amongst each other, like, I don't think you even have to. I also think that there's this narrative about like, you know, it's not a very widespread narrative uh, amongst Suns fans because I don't really feel like we all completely believe it because it's kind of one of those things where we haven't seen it. But uh, they've been together for five years. Those two, Devin Booker and D.A., uh, and I know that they've they've had a good relationship. Um, and I think sometimes from our perspective on the outside, things are not going right. Things are kind of falling apart. You look at Devin Booker and know that he's got, got that killer mentality. And you look at D.A. and he seems like he's an easy target because he's quote unquote soft. Right. So it's easy to, to assume that, oh, Devin Booker doesn't like D.A. because they don't have the same kind of DNA. Which I think I, is a I, I think that's, yeah. that's, assumption that's, a, that's to a, make. a bad assumption to make for sure. Not every NBA player that's ever played on a championship team has been the exact identi- identical to the one next to him and all the way around. That had Pau Gasol and Kobe Bryant couldn't be further apart in terms of the the, the DNA spec. Yeah, and they were the best of friends. So like I don't I don't subscribe to that and I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that those two genuinely like each other um, and they got to find a way to win a championship. And I guarantee you, nobody's going to give a fuck about any and of this if they do. I think it's ridiculous too, to create this idea that just because book gets on DA during games, like book gets on everybody during games. Yeah. It's kind of a rotational thing. Everybody yeah. gets on everybody. Book at it's me the at heat the, of the, the moment. Like it's totally normal, to <laughs> but that just because that happens occasionally that book and DA aren't buddies they don't see eye to eye that because they're not the exact same as far as their mentality goes means that there's issues there i think that is a crazy reach that shouldn't be made at all no i 
I'm sorry, but there have been plenty of players who disliked each other that go out and win championships because on the court it works. The guy I think that always has to be working to keep harmony in a locker room is the head coach. Rarely, if ever, do you see a team that hates their head coach go out and accomplish anything because that's supposed to be the guy that is the voice that everybody's supposed to listen to, is supposed to lead uh, in those in the locker room and try to galvanize things. And if you've got a head coach that is creating the division in your locker room, you're never going to bring a team together completely. And Frank Vogel is the guy I think that can be that voice, be that he doesn't always have to be positive, but he has to make it very clear. We're in this together. And I don't feel like at times Monty Williams had the message of we're in this together. It was these guys are doing their job. These guys aren't. Mm -hmm. And you just can't have a fractured locker room like that. That's how you get two, uh, you know, two game deciding games, game, you know, game six or game seven that are, are multiple point blowouts because you fractured a team at times. And when it's time to come together and and will yourself to a victory or or power past what the odds say you can do, you have to be a cohesive group. And that falls on the head coach 100 percent. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and then on the other side, too, if you want to, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but I think uh, D.A. playing with Team Bahamas, um, he had fun again. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like he felt like he could be vocal with those guys, like he was showing leadership tendencies. Obviously, they were having a blast. You saw it after they beat Argentina on Sunday in the postgame locker room stuff. And the way that he spoke about that team, he was having fun again. Mm -hmm. And that might just be a simple reminder that like you have a new, a clean slate basically with this new regime, a completely, for the most part, brand new set of teammates, a whole new coaching staff. Like you can have fun playing basketball again in Phoenix. You just have to lean into it. It's really as simple as that. Everything we've heard to Bradley Beal is one of those guys in the locker room that if he can sense a guy is having problems, whether it's on the court or in life, he goes and reaches out. And I think that that that's important, too, to feel like, you know, you've got some guys in there that, that care beyond the game. So Bradley Beal could be a great glue guy in that mm-hmm. way as well. And then from a social media perspective, DA just needs to get himself some shady rays and block out all the haters. Don't read the comments, DA. Just Just live your best life. Have fun playing basketball. Go out there. Change the narrative and make sure you're looking good in your Shady Rays while you're doing it. You should get multiple pairs. You can. You can get multiple pairs. They are built to last. We are talking about premium polarized sunglasses. They are an independent sunglass company with a world-class product. Just as good as the expensive ones, but much more affordable. And even more affordable when you use the code PHNX. Exclusively for you guys, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. So go to ShadyRays.com. Use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, we have to thank our friends over at Illegal Pete's for delivering us lunch yesterday. It was an absolute treat to have Illegal Pete's bring us lunch. And Illegal Pete's, it's your go-to spot this summer. So stop by for happy hour. It's 3 to 8 p.m. every single day at all 12 locations. Illegal Pete's, the go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beer. And they have been for 28 years. 
All right, couple more here. Uh, Abolition is love said, is there a chance in hell Mikel Bridges ever comes back to Phoenix? His contract is up the same year as KD's is, who I think will be 38 by then and Bridges in his prime. Or is that just wishful thinking on my part? Uh, uh, listen, folks, I don't, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I will be. Um, there is 0%, and I do mean 0% chance that Mikel Bridges is coming back to Phoenix because of one significant reason. Uh, he is going to probably put himself in a position to get the Supermax at some point, and that takes the, the Suns out of the equation unless they magically find a whole ton of other draft picks to be able to send uh, their way. Like, it's just <clears throat> not going to happen. Like, Mikel Bridges is going to be a, value, a valuable asset. He's probably going to make an all-star game this year because he's on the East Coast. And there's just not, he's just going to have a great opportunity to do that. And he's in Brooklyn. And like, yeah, there's just no way he's coming back. We would all love for him to come back. I'm, I'm like, going to go, love for him to come back. But I'm going to go gonna positive happen. here. Like Zona in Arizona said, Matt Ishbia can afford anything. It's not Matt about Ishbia what you can afford. all them dollars. That's, come that's, on, Mikel Bridges. It's 2029. How the hell should I know? If you had told me six years in, ago in 2017 that KD and Bradley Beal would be Phoenix Suns, I would I have told you were smoking you something. If you had told me it three years ago, I probably would have told you were smoking something. Hell, I told you at the trade deadline, I thought you were smoking something that you'd be able to pull off a KD deal before the deadline. So how the hell should I know what happens in 2029? I don't. That's true. But dreaming is free. So I'm going to continue to think that it might happen. Uh, the Phoenix Suns.com said you have two teleportation devices to journey anywhere in Suns history. Where do you place them and why? This is easy for me. This is Espo's wheelhouse. Hold, hold on. Can we, before we go to that, can, can we answer this question real quick about Mikhail before we move on? Sure. All right, so Eric Ripley said, or he has a statement. He says, Mikhail will not get a Supermax. He's not one of the, the six best wings in the league. I love Mikhail, but that's an awful take. Do you think he's not one of the best six wings in the league? I mean, I would have to go down a whole list, but I would put him pretty high up there. I mean, and I, I think he's going to continue to get better and better and better. And by the end of this contract, which is a team-friendly deal, I feel like Mikhail is going to get some money. I mean, you're talking about a, a, an all-defensive player coupled with averaging what did he average 27 a game for the Brooklyn Nets if he does that how is he not a top six wing in the league but he can play both ends he could be all NBA on defense and, and, and on the regular team like yeah I I don't see and it's not like he has to get it to it's not he's getting it today we're projecting yeah years in the future yeah. which if you look at his trajectory it would make sense that he would be there. He's going to get and, better. Yeah, I mean, especially Brooklyn seems pretty committed to making him, if not 1A, 1B on that yeah. roster. So you'll see major growth there from him. I I, it, I don't think that's an insane take, and I'm not one shy from telling Saul yeah. that he has a bad day. Last year was when we started to really see yeah. him take off. Now you got to give him some time to really, like, Lean into it and figure it completely yeah. out. I don't think he's a supermax right now, but I think you give him a year or two, he's going to be right there in that conversation. I absolutely believe that for sure. Yeah. Okay, so back to the teleportation question. Uh, from the phoenixsuns.com, you have two teleportation devices to journey anywhere in Suns history. Where do you place them and why? I place one at the Boston Garden in 1976 so I can go see... 
the triple overtime game, and the shot heard around the world, which is considered one of the greatest highlights in NBA history, and it was done by Gar Hurd for the Phoenix Suns in that NBA Finals game. I know they wound up losing, but the the stories that Al McCoy told me about that and just the insanity of that building, the Celtics at one point, one of the overtimes, think they win. All the fans rush the court. They said, no, 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 you didn't win. They got to get everybody off. They, the Paul Westfall leading up to the shot heard around the world realized the Suns had the ball but it was under the Celtics' basket. They were down one, but he knew if he took a timeout that they didn't have, they the Celtics would get a technical free throw, but he they could advance the ball to half court. So without that heady play, it, it, we never get the greatest, uh, one of the greatest shots in NBA history. Just being around that, I think, would have been fascinating and not mm-hmm. something I ever got to experience on TV, let alone in person in my life. And then the other one, I would love to go back to game two of the 2021 NBA finals. Uh, that was when my family scraped together a bunch of money, bought me the last a, a ticket in the last row, but it was, it was otherworldly to be there, see a win. Uh, if I could forget what happened too when I went through that door and just experience they're up 2-0 in the finals without knowing the back uh, the backdoor sweep was coming, I would uh, I would enjoy that a lot. So. Man, it's really hard to, to pinpoint I have one. Go I've ahead. got one, um, and it's the Valley Hoop game. I just remember – so that whole entire moment in Suns history was super fun to be a part of, like – as an adult, because then you actually remember mm-hmm. more things about it. Um, like, it was just so cool to see s- the whole city, the whole state, and then even beyond the state, just find their love again for Suns basketball. And that value game, I got to go to it, and it was absolute insanity. And I would relive that over and over again. That would be a blast. Interesting. Um, I would probably go to Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals in 1993. Uh, when Barkley had fucking, what was it, 44 and 24 or yep. something like that? Like, it was one of the most epic performances you're ever going to see in a championship game. Um, Eddie had a hell of a game. Then, yeah, too, he had like 33. Seattle. He had 33 in that in that game. So uh, I would love to be there so I could talk shit to Eddie. Um, <laughs> and then the other one, I would probably, man, it's got to be a seven seconds or last game. Honestly, it's obscure as shit. Um, it would be, I think it's 2007. Uh, Steve Nash triple overtime game in in New Jersey. Jason Kidd, right? Yes, oh. and he hits this fadeaway three off balance to win it, and it was that was like one of the funnest basketball games I've ever watched. I think the final score was like one fifty two to one forty nine or something like that. It was insane, but just to watch two of the greatest point guards go head to head against each other and the plays that were made in that game, I would love to yeah. to have been there. I love I love that game too. That's a great call. All right. Miscellaneous Thoughts said, what's your favorite sitcom theme song and which Suns player goes with it? <laughs> so okay. we came up with a few of these before the show because it was we had to put some thought behind this answer. And and it was it was fun to sit there and realize Lindsay doesn't know any uh, any sitcom, any theme, sitcom songs. theme songs. So we had to look them all up. But uh, I think. Should I go with the slander one first? Just, yeah, get so, it out of the way. Okay. So for me, uh, KD would be the Scrubs theme song. Uh, I loved it. 
It's the, uh, I can't do this on my own. I'm no Superman is the li- the main line in it. And, you know, we know KD's uh, MO, so he's here with another super team. So Mine for KD is what we do in the shadows. Uh, and it, the theme song doesn't exactly fit, but just because, uh, you know, Slim Reaper, whatever. It's dark and eerie. I'm going to go with that. Um, there were some other ones that were really good though. And Espo, uh, Espo I feel like you should sing these. Oh, so sing I? the friends, sing the friends song, and then we'll name the player. I'll be there for you. That's the when Devin the rain Booker. starts to fall. That's Devin yeah. Booker. He's always there for us. Oh, and okay. he has been yeah. for a while, and we love him for that. Okay, uh, seeing the new girl one. Oh, I, uh, why am I blanking? Who's that girl? Who's that? I, you well, I guess do that it. one doesn't really work. But it, new girl, we're going with Bradley Beal because he's the <laughs> new boy. Who's that guy? He's the it's new boy Brad. in town. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> okay, you have you have to sing this one. Saul's Saul, this. you know this one. Um, the show is called Big Mouth. I've never heard of I don't it, know but the theme song is "I'm Going Through Changes." I don't know. I don't know the song. You know the song, right? I don't. I don't. I, I watch Big Mouth. I'm going through changes. Yeah. Good job, Shane. You've heard you. that. There we go. Thanks, Shane. It's DeAndre, and because DA is going through changes this year, he's changing the narrative. It's going to be a great Those year for DA. Those are not the changes Big Mouth is referring to. <laughs> well, that's what I went with, and then. Uh, the George Lopez show, the Lowrider song. The Lowrider. That's for book two. For book two. Yeah. Everything's about book. We had two for book. Okay. And we had two for KD. Cool. And we had Bradley Beal and DA. Awesome. And I think that was it, right? Cool. I have two. What's that? Um, I, I would go with the What's Happening theme song for DA. What's that? Uh, it kind of goes like. Anyway, uh, there's no words to it. It's just a theme. Uh, and then. Uh, yeah, why? Because it's just like kind of like goofy and kind of like, okay. you know, up and down. You just say, you know, whatever. As, uh, and then um, uh, Silver Spoons theme song. From Matt Ish- for Matt Ishbia. There you go. There what you is go. that? Silver spoons. Oh, here we are, face to face. A couple of silver spoons. Uh I forgot the rest of it. Jason anyway. Bateman in that show. Yeah. It was also crazy Ricky Schroeder. Oh, yeah. And then um and then my last one will be um the Martin Lawrence theme song. You have to say I don't know uh, any yeah, songs. I, you you have to chance. if you don't sing it, I'm not gonna know. Martin. It. Yeah. Uh anyway, it's just <laughs> that's a crazy funny show. Um, so that one would go to uh, JaVale McGee because he's kind of a crazy funny guy. Oh, now he's on the roster. We're just including Does him. Does it have to? Well, I mean. I, would, I was guessing it was just this roster. I was like, wait, hold on, JaVale I didn't McGee. Know it, I didn't know it couldn't That's pertain fine. to any for, former songs. That works. For me, I think the Golden Girls, thank you for being oh, a yeah, friend. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Matt Ishbia because he fucking saved our asses from whatever the hell we were living in the last 18 years. Who else? I mean, that one could work for a lot of people, too. The thank you for being a friend one that yeah. one works. Okay, Sundress Punk said if each of you could interview one player from NBA history or current, but you had to hit them in the head with a microphone, who would you choose? Oh, oh man, this is a tough one. It's one of two guys. Okay. One of them used to play for the Suns last year, but he does not. Really? And then, uh, I'm not going to say his name. You all <laughs> no, know who it is. No. The other one, I don't know why, and I do apologize. Let me say this up front. Iman no, Shumpert. No. I don't know why I had this strong distaste <laughs> for Iman Shumpert 
uh, when he was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just always was like, I don't like that guy. Why? Like, I don't. I think he's just like co-writing LeBron and like the stars too. Yeah, he was. He's actually a really cool dude. He's like a really cool dude. Like, and and if I ever met him, I'd probably be like, dude, I'm a dick. I'm sorry. You don't even know who I am. It doesn't matter. I just felt like I needed to apologize (laughs) to you. Um, But yeah, it would have been a monchumper. Okay. Uh, Either John Paxson or Mario Ellie. And I think it's self-explanatory. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to interview. I just want to hit him with the mic. So, but the problem is, the, my problem with John Paxson, okay? Yes, he robbed us of a championship. Mm-hmm. But is John Paxson worse than Robert Ori? Okay, look, in it's, the past, like, and Mario really Ellie, those two, Mario Ellie, well, let me just say, Mario Ellie and Robert Ori, the way they they their mannerisms were, like Paxson hit the shot, ran to the sideline, that was it, right? Yeah. These two guys gave the fucking kiss of death, they fucking shoved Nash into the fucking stands, like... Fuck those yeah, two. Yeah, but you two screwed that up for me because now I feel sorry Same. for Robert Ori after, after your damn interview with him. So I can't hate him anymore. After talking to Robert Ori, it's impossible to hate him anymore. He's so sweet. And, and he was going and through was so going much. Through like, the so. thick of it at that moment. You well, no, 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 no. He was going through the thick of it when he was a son. Yes. I don't hold that against okay, him. Okay, but when that's he was gonna with the Spurs, hold certain things in. You're gonna Steve, feel some type of way Steve playing Nash against had that team. Nothing to do with that. No, but I could see how the emotions would be heightened. Really? Yes. After seven games, now you still want to feel this way? A little no. bit. No, look. Okay. I just, I can't because of that. But the Morris twins, the Morai, somebody said in there, and hell yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just gonna take a low hanging fruit one here and say Luca, a little bonk on the head, like nothing too hard. Why didn't you, just just, why didn't you say Kelly Oubre since bonk. you already did it? Because so. I already did it. I'm gonna do it twice. I'll pick a new person this time. Um. All I know is our friends over at Pins and Aces, they got really dope stuff. And if you have not checked them out, you absolutely should check them out. Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of PHNX and All City. They have polos, they have hats, they have golf bags, they have beanies, you guys. And you can check out pinsandaces.com and use that code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Okay. Hello, Sid. Lindsay wasn't talking like this when Pat Bev shoved DA. LOL. <laughs> See, uh, wh- what do you mean? Was I being nicer to Pat Bev or meaner to Pat Bev? You're being meaner. I was meaner. being meaner. Yeah. yeah, but after Pat Bev said nice things about Book, I'm not mad at him as much right now. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I got to be mad at you in the moment to really want to like. Take out some frustration at you. So what you? did Kelly Oubre do to you? To be fair, <laughs> Kelly hit his chin on my mic. Not the other way around. I'm just kidding. I definitely did that. <laughs> but that one was a full-on accident. She was like, Bunk. boink. Anyway, back to our let's round out with a few more questions here. Uh, my name is Fat Mike said, what's the best kind of hot dog? None. They're all trash. The correct answer is a Sonoran hot dog. Sonoran hot dogs go crazy. Yes. Uh, Ted's hot dog. What's off the Ted's grill. Hot dog? Ted's hot dogs? Never friend, t- yeah, friend in Tempe? In Tempe. No. Oh, my God. Like, that's from the best Buffalo, hot dogs. From Buffalo. Yeah. Mm. Ted's hot dogs. Best right off the grill. Everything on it. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's an all beef hot dog. I, I'll give you, a, I'll give you that. Like generic hot dog that they can put anything in that 
no. Hot dogs are no. delicious. Hot dogs no. go because hard. You see the report that they take like 35 minutes off your Nothing life. Nothing hits the same way does, as when you're craving a hot dog and you get a hot dog. You really are going to sit there in all honesty and sit there and, and think that hot dogs are taking time off your life, but those fucking chicken wings or those chips or the Coke or any of that stuff isn't? Listen, I'm we're all going to die one day. I'm just using something that helped my argument. Have you guys if ever... we were arguing about those things, I'd use the same argument. We're all going to die one day. You Did may you guys, as well live true. the best life you can. Did you used to eat the, the hot dogs that were fully cooked that you refrigerate without cooking them? Yes. Dude, mm. oh my God. Yes. I used to gobble those cookies yep. when I was a child. Yep. Did you ever eat the ones with the cheese inserted in the middle? No. You ever had those? I feel like I did, they and they were gross. My, they, they were. They were yeah. real gross. Those I cannot get. I saw marshmallows the other day at the store that had chocolate already inside of them. Yes. Might be a I mean, those will take mm. time off move. my life, but good stuff. Uh, Chris C. said, what is the biggest slash strongest animal you believe you can beat in a barehanded fight? A sloth. No. Right, there's That's no right answer that. to this. See, this one made me feel bad as I was thinking about it because I was like, I'm just over here envisioning myself beating up an animal, and I feel bad. <sighs> I, I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm afraid of animals. I feel like I could do a small to medium sized dog. The correct answer is a cow. That's no, not true. I don't not. think you could. I don't think you could. I'm choking out a cow. I'm, Bro. I'm hopping on it and I'm putting it in a headlock. You that, can't choke out a cow. Uh, the, the hell I can't. The cow's going to buck you off the same way a horse would. Cow's ain't. It's yeah. got four legs, bro. bro Just I wait. tip it over. Wait till it's Only sleep, when it's push it over. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait till it's sleeping. I'll tip it over <laughs> and I'll put it in an arm trunk. Did you Don't hear about that guy that rescued a hippo, a baby hippo from, from the river? And nurtured it for six years and, and then the hippo dragged him to the river and ate him? I believe that. Yeah. I fully what? believe that. What well, kind did of you person? Know, did Hippos you know are insane. The hippopotamus is one of the only animals, if not the only animal, that will kill a human and not eat it. It just kills to kill. Hippos well, are literally insane. They just want them. They're little murder mu machines that are cute. I'm sorry. Cute but little murder machines. I, like, what? Who in the right mind goes, baby hippo? I can tame that and raise it. Like, no, that's just stupid. Cute AF, Espo. Yeah, I don't care. How much Hungry Hungry Hippos did you play that you thought, oh, this thing's going to be, I'm going to be able to be around this. It'll be, no, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I would, uh, I would say the one thing that I know I could probably beat no matter what, no matter the size until they got to about 30 pounds is probably a cat. Declawed, maybe. I, I don't want to like, screw with a cat Like with house claws. cats, you could probably. But like wild cats, I think that they would give you a run for your money. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Not like not I'm like street cats. I'm talking like, we're talking like bobcat and up style cats, what I meant. Not yeah, just street yeah. no, cats. No, no, I know. Yeah. I know. Okay. Just want to make sure. Um, And then the uh, last wait, question. We just glazed over the fact that Lindsay wants to beat up dogs. Well, I, I mean, was just thinking animals that are because I want to beat up cats, so it's all good. Yeah, we can glaze over the fact that Saul wants to beat up cats. <laughs> Let's pick on Lindsay Day. I was just trying to jump in on the phone. Oh, sorry. No, Shane, you're not allowed to. Okay, last question. Chef Miami Vice said, "Cooking skills aside, what is your favorite or signature dish you like to make for your loved ones?" Theirs is buffalo chicken mac and cheese, and it's a favorite for the NFL season for them. Ooh, this is hard because I suck at cooking. We were just talking about this yesterday. I don't know if I suck at cooking or if I just hate it. 
So I, I, I both don't I, learn I how to do it. I both. I both. Um, I, I like to try a variety of different dishes. Like I've been, I, I honestly, once the pandemic hit, like I really got into cooking because oh. I was like, where else am I going to go? So um, I would probably say there's like a, a, a scallop dish that I make um, with pasta and it goes pretty hard. And it, Scallops are so hard. They're so mean? hard to make. Like what per- to, to make to perfectly? Them, right? yeah. yeah, like seafood scallops. Yeah, yeah, they can get Bro, real rubbery yeah, because you got to sear them like gently without yeah. overdoing I it. I've right? never had a problem, but maybe I'm not just that good. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're just a, a natural at cooking yeah. scallops. Maybe, like, the process is simple, but to get them perfect is really hard. Oh. I think I need to try scallops now. Yeah, because uh, they might we should be bring in scallops tomorrow. <laughs> they might be mid. bring us scallops tomorrow. So I don't think you want me traveling with scallops <laughs> from the just East bring Valley. in like a hot plate <laughs> and cook on that. Lizzie, you always want me to fucking make some goddamn effort to cook some scallops, some food. I did that. I'm done. Never again. I. I make a mean craft mac and cheese that that bro loves. So that's okay. some dino nuggies. I, I'm I'm good there. So uh, grilled cheese. Mm. I would it. like to. Think I'm I not a bread guy. I'm not a cheese now. guy. But I will make the absolute f out of some uh, grilled cheese. Okay, so if I Put a were cheese on the pan, then throw the bread on top. Yeah, crust on both sides and cheese on both sides. That sounds bomb. Let's go. Make us. Some oh, you're not a salt. bread or cheese. How? I'm so this confused. Is, that is, I'm thinking that about is you guys. Okay. Oh, you no, 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 no. That does bring up a really good question. Do you like grilled cheese? I do. So then, with how, tomato, with tomato. So uh, that is that soup? blows my mind Dude, because is, Saul hates bread. Is on record hating ever. bread and hating cheese, but you love grilled cheese, which yeah, is crazy. bread and cheese. That's crazy. That's wild. Sorry, you broke my brain. That's worse. I'm whatever. Um, I think I would go with breakfast because I feel like I actually can make a good breakfast. Like what? Like I can do the basics, right? I want, Bacon, I want, I want breakfast eggs, at Lindsay's house now. Toast, pancakes, waffles. I feel like you I make, make a pancakes? mean. Yeah, I feel like oh. I make a mean breakfast bagel. Like Ooh. for me personally, it's the best breakfast bagel I've ever had. I don't know how everyone else feels about it, but I love it. So I feel like I would go with breakfast because I feel like it's you know breakfast is? is really hard to mess up. You know what a breakfast bagel is? The perfect thing to bring in for your coworkers. Yes. Mm-hmm. A little tin foil wrap. It travels well. It, bring yeah, in. Sure is. It doesn't because on my breakfast bagel, I f- the egg has to be a little bit runny. That's that's fine. I so can... if if it's if it's runny, it doesn't travel well. There's some there's some uh, good comments in the chat. Jose up earlier said that he makes a good uh, pork chop with mushroom gravy and mashed potatoes. Mm. Mashed potatoes. He said mashed potatoes, but mashed potatoes. And then uh, uh, Zone in Arizona says, my mom says I make the best bowl of cereal. I almost picked bowl of cereal. (laughs) Okay, then the last thing. This one is debatable because I've heard, for people I've made it for, some people like it and some people don't. But it's cornbread pizza. So you take OG Jiffy cornbread or whatever it's called, the little blue box that's like Mm -hmm. 50 cents. You bake it in more like a cake sheet. You bake it halfway, and then once it's mostly done where the top is hard enough, you put all your pizza toppings. So you do, like, um, the tomato sauce, cheese. You could add ground beef. You could add mushrooms, peppers, whatever it is that you want on your pizza. And then you put it back in there to finish baking until everything's crispy and the and the cornbread is a little bit crispy on the sides. I think it's delightful, but it's had a 50-50 reaction for the people I've made it for. As an Italian, I'm disgustingly intrigued. 
again. I, if you love cornbread, you would like it. Sounds like something that you could make and then bring it in a casserole pan. Uh-huh. And everybody would enjoy lunch. I'm just saying. And, and then we can actually rate it. I think that's I, fair. I think that's fair. Dreaming is free. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come on. Chat, you need to tweet at her to make yes, sure this happens. Please. Get us some cornbread pizza, damn it. Lindsay, where can they tweet at you? Uh, at Lindsay Smith AZ. Saul, where can they tweet at you? <laughs> at Saul underscore Bookman. Espo, with all where your can recipes. they tweet at you? At Espo. We do have one super chat before we say goodbye. Said, which son's newcomer, whether it was through trade or free agency, made an immediate impact that you did not see coming. Mine was Gerald Green. Oh, are you just talking in generals? Just in general, yeah. Gordon um, Dragic when he came back. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to do some thoughts on I would that. say Steve Nash when he came back. Mm-hmm. I did Nash. not expect two two MVPs. I did not expect us to go from one of the, you know, a mid-franchise to one of the best and historically one of the best of all time. Like, yeah, Steve Nash. I feel like we kind of saw this one coming, um, but I'm – I'm glad that it happened, Ricky Rubio, because mm-hmm. I feel like Ricky Rubio is what really allowed a lot of people to really see what book was made of. And then that ended up getting us Aaron Chris Baines. Paul to where we are now. Aaron Baines was elite. <laughs> Lou Amundsen. Ponytail. Lou's ponytail. All right. Okay, we're going to go now. You can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Suns. And, of course, don't forget to meet us right back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. For the next show, Espo, take us home. Me cook a mean cookie. Oi, oi. Hey, yo, my lifestyle is retro. Tell the Phoenix Metro. Mega's in control and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though. Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball. We here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me. I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G. No plan B. Always on the job. My team move like...